T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one. Zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the Permission Granted Podcast, the PGP, everybody. As always, get us on iTunes by searching the Permission Granted Podcast or on the normal DA Show iTunes feed and on our website, daoncbs.com. Now, Mariah, let me ask you this. On Saturday, we know that Joe D had quite the bender for SantaCon. We talked about it on the show. Sounds like it was just an annihilation of everybody that he was with, and that's everybody that goes out for SantaCon here in New York City. Everybody around Joe's age group, that young 20s group, just tears apart New York City and has no thought about the actions or what they're doing and what the repercussions are going to be. Kevin Harlan, no regard for human life. <laughs> is These guys, they're dressed up in Santa Claus outfits, and then they all go out. The whole city is run amok with these 20-somethings that just want to get demolished like it's New Year's Eve. Do you think it's overtaken New Year's Eve as the worst holiday to be out in New York City with with these people? Not yet. I think that would be... Well, you know what? I Hold on. Let me pump the brakes Because I've only been out for SantaCon once, and not for SantaCon, but I was out that day, and I saw the, the madness. It's crazy, but the problem with New Year's... The reason you don't want to be out in New Year's is because, A, every place is going to be way more expensive and way more crowded than it needs to be. The SantaCon thing hasn't gotten to the expensive point yet. And, C, did I do a B? I don't know. There was no B there. If, if B... <laughs> Uh, New Year's, you get a lot of, like, overpacked tourists as well because New Year's Eve's like a touristy thing to True. do. And True. New York City's just, at least if you're drunk on SantaCon with a bunch of young 20-something New Yorkers, you kind of make do and you know what everybody's about. But if you're drunk with a bunch of young 20-somethings, mix that in with tourists that are in town. Yeah. I think it becomes a bigger problem. Mix that in with a bunch of other cover charges. So I think New Year's Eve is probably worse. Good point. But you know what? If SantaCon has a couple more SantaCons like this where basically it becomes the purge, <laughs> like we mentioned on Tuesday's show, then yeah, that's going to be a real problem. So my question is, two weeks ago you came in super, super hammered, well, hungover, the day after your return from Cleveland. Yeah. That was a three-day bender, and then you had a day off in between, and then you came in and you were still not right. Still not right. Joe D., same thing. He had his bender on Saturday for SantaCon. Sunday, he, he worked, worked. Yeah. But he obviously didn't drink, I hope. And then Monday, he was dead to the world. Who do you think was worse you on the Tuesday following the Browns trip or Joe D this Monday? I bet you with Joe D Monday. You know why? I think the little guy doesn't realize, at least I knew my bounds, and I knew what I was getting myself into, okay. and I think I came in like a like a veteran off the bench and realized I had to give my minutes. <laughs> I think Joe D came in with no disregard, and I don't think his focus was necessarily there. I might have been dragging, but at least I was focused. Huh. Joe D was not focused. Why do you Tuesday feel night. that? Well, I mean, 
let's face it, the Joe D, I think at times I had to constantly remind him throughout the show <laughs> as far as what was coming up. Hey, Joe, we, we got a champ Trump here. We got a little sound check here. Uh, did you do this? Did you do His that? His brain was dead. His brain was dead. And then towards the end of the show, the guy doesn't even realize that he had uh, what we call a pot or a sound pot up. And, you know, my email is going off. Yeah, it's and true. And it, it took him. It, the first one goes off. He still doesn't pull it down. He yeah. waits for two to go off. Yeah. He was not quick to the trigger. Dulled reaction Dulled time. reaction. And then instead of saying, you know what, <laughs> hey, my bad, he turns around and goes, well, we won the game, but we gave up a homer at the end. Big deal. Oh, is that his quote? That was his quote. <laughs> that was his quote. <laughs> His quote was basically, get off my back. Enough. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm all for everybody having a good time, going out. I, I was very jealous of the, the Cleveland trip that sounded amazing. Joe D, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not of the age group that can do SantaCon anymore, but I'm glad that he has a good time. Every time that Joe D goes out, I like almost living vicariously through him because he has no responsibilities. <laughs> He's single. He lives at home. So he's just going out and tearing the cover off the ball every time. No question. A little piece of us is with him every yeah. time he goes out there. But at the same time, I can tell, man, when you guys really get after it, that <laughs> that day back, I'm getting nothing from you. I mean, it's really drag-ass It, it is dragging. Uh, you know, it's ironic because I think we all feel the same way. When you've come back from a couple of these SEC trips, we've noticed, too, the eyeballs yeah. have been back in... It's just about a team effort, man. You know, you just <laughs> you, you gotta pick your teammates. You up. gotta pick your teammates up because I think eventually we all know, like you know, all these years in, this is the way it is. Yeah. You know, ultimately you're gonna be able to lean on them again, but you're just gonna have to get them through a day, a day and a half, and just pick the team up. That's it. Yeah, just pick the team up. Now, if that continues for a week and you're still dragging, at some point you go, I think you got a problem, bud, <laughs> and you're really hurting the team here. So I, you know, I don't know what you're doing. What would happen if we had a morning? Oh. A mor- mornings, the morning time slot. If, if we did Geo and Jones, oh, and we were waking up after some of these, I'll tell you one thing: Monday mornings would never be pretty. Never, never. For you specifically? No chance. Are you kidding me? First of all, I don't know how I'd survive without going to the bathroom on a Monday morning after everything I've eaten and drank. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think uh, we play into the lifestyle. I think we're we're a night show. So we treat our bodies as such. Yeah. Our lifestyles would all have to change. Yeah. I mean, trying just to wake find, up, figure out a way. Trying to wake up after those would be. And what would Joe give us after a, a bender like that? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. 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 Joe may be destined to work nights until he's 30. You know, I love Joe D, but it's possible that if he ever, if we did mornings and he showed up drunk, like I've had a producer here that. Shall not be named because I don't want to get him in trouble. <laughs> but he doesn't work for the network. He works for the fan. But he showed up on... I think it was I, at Thanksgiving Eve. I think it was Thanksgiving Eve. You're right. Because I think I had to do the overnight show or the morning show. Maybe the overnight show on Thanksgiving Eve into Thanksgiving morning. That's what yes, it was. Yes, it was one of those mornings where you didn't... I remember this distinctly, actually. Yeah. You had a, a tendency in the overnights to not grasp when putting in for days off... That you had to put in and act as if they were the morning, not the night. Yeah. And this happened to you a couple times and burned you a couple times, and this was burned one of them. Me. It burned, burned you me. where you would put in like, okay, I want off like Thursday, but Thursday counts as Wednesday night. It doesn't count as Friday, you know, whatever, Thursday night, Friday morning. And, right. and so you had to come in and work a Thanksgiving morning because it was too late and they couldn't get anybody else to cover the whole thing. And this also happened to you, by the way, on a New Year's, I believe. Didn't you, the last overnight, didn't you work New Year's Eve? I did, but I don't know if that was a mistake as okay. much as... But I meant Thanksgiving, I no you more definitely days did that. Take. You definitely did that on a Thanksgiving. But yeah, so I had to, and that ended up being the most brutal thing ever because our schedule used to be get home at... 7 a.m. or I would usually get home about 7.30 in the morning. Yeah, because you'd stay a little longer. 
And then I would sleep. I would try to get in bed by 8 a.m. and then sleep until like 2 or 3. But I did that on Thanksgiving, but I had to drive upstate to go to my folks. So I left here at 6 a.m., drove upstate, probably got home about 7.30 in the morning. And then I crashed until like 1.30 and then had to wake up for Thanksgiving dinner. Like that was it. Like you were off (laughs) and that's it. The turkey's in front of you. And could you imagine like when we used to wake up at 2 p.m., it's kind of like breakfast. It, that was you're not eating Thanksgiving dinner. No, no. I we I would try to have like Cheerios or something when I woke up, but like I was always thrown off waking up because your whole meal schedule is messed yeah. up. Because then you know I'm home with Danielle and she wants to have dinner at five o'clock, and I'm like, All right, I've been up for three hours here. I'm gonna yeah. sit here and make a roast beef. What are we doing? Yeah. yeah. So I had to get. It was the worst Thanksgiving. I was tired. <laughs> I was groggy. I had to eat turkey when I had just woken up. I basically woke up at 1.30 or 2 o'clock and then had to go to my aunt's house and eat turkey in like a half hour. How did we function looking back? It's, it was you don't realize okay. You don't realize in the midst of doing overnights, and there's probably a ton of overnight listeners who still listen to this podcast, like, and they may not even realize at this time, you're in a constant malaise that you're not aware of being in that malaise until yeah. it's over. And then you look back and you go, man, I was really foggy. Yeah, I wonder how Amy's doing. Can't be going. Can't, can't be, be doing easy. Good. This is now... Now Amy is finishing up year two, and we did two years there. So the day she signs on January 1, she will effectively have been the longest tenured overnight host in CBS Sports Network history. Yes, and I talked to a producer, Tom DiBendetto, about it. He had come in early uh, last week, and I asked him, I said, hey, by this time when I was doing overnights two years in, I was shot. How do you feel? And he said, I can't take it anymore. Flat out told so me. So maybe two years is I think the... two years is your window. Your body gets two years, and you're like, you can't do this. What are you doing? you got to kill yourself. Unless you're Schwartz, who never sleeps anyway, and then it just doesn't doesn't affect you. That's why Tony Page doing overnights on, on The Fan or anybody else that has done that forever, I can't even grasp. I can't because I remember <clears throat> by the 18-month mark, I said, this is, gonna, this is getting really hard. Yeah. I, this is getting really physically the toll. Your eyes hurt. Like, <laughs> every eyes, part of your face your hurts. Hurt. Yeah, and it's kind of like Richard Sherman talking about Thursday night football. It's just, it's hard. It's, yeah, it's, it's a poop fest. It's a poop fest. There's no <laughs> doubt. So I bring that up because Thanksgiving Eve, I was here getting ready for the show, and one of the producers on the fan came through the building, and he was lit from a night of drinking and for some reason came here because I think he had to do... He had a 3 a.m. shift and from what I understand, he started to stop drinking at like 11 and figured he could just come sleep on the couch here and sober up in three hours. But He I was destroyed. Destroyed. Destroyed yeah. and reeked of booze and he was a mess. And I looked at him that day and I said, son, you will never work on my radio <laughs> show. Ever. <laughs> and I never told the bosses like right. that he was drunk, but I... I would never. So if Joe D tried to pull that when we did, a, if we did a morning shift, he'd he'd be out. He'd be I, out of a job. I also think you know what? I don't think Joe D would do that. I think what hurts Joe D and like we just saw him going to tear Saturday. He works Saturday and Sundays a lot of times till midnight till two a.m. Yeah. So I think Joe D's problem is he still wants his cake and eat it too. So his oh, buddies yeah. who have been drinking maybe since He's seven eight o'clock, yeah. <laughs> He'll get out at midnight, go meet up with them, and do about 16 shots to try to play catch-up, and he'll do all his drinking in like a two-hour condensed version. So then when you get him off on a Saturday finally and he gets off the leash at SantaCon, then it's a problem. But I think if he was working the morning and it was a consistent Monday through Friday morning, I think Joe D would be able to handle it better because I think he would become a veteran to the Saturday-Sunday routine and the Friday night routine. Veteran of the process. Uh, As we wrap up here, I'm disappointed that Joey Chestnut and uh, Matt Stoney (laughs) only made number six. You and I had it ranked higher. 
Ward and Joe D. Well, Brody. I had it ranked at six. You did. That that was the the only one I had I that I, I had nailed it, at it. Four, three or four. You had it at four. You had it at four, but James uh, really had it plummeting. I think James had it at like nine, and Joe D. had it at eight. You can't write the history of the DA show without that. You know, it re- I thought about it as we played it on the show. I kind of think it should have been top four. I really do. It has to be top five. You know why? Because I think it wasn't as much about the laughs. It, it came back to the old, we're going for the big laughs in the top five. Yes. The big laughs earn the votes and sway yeah, the committee. Exactly. And you know what? You got you got that awkward moment playing in the Big 12. And you don't realize, it probably doesn't get the credit, <laughs> doesn't play enough defense. It deserved a better fate than it did. Because you're right, when you go back, whenever this song and dance is over with the DA show, hopefully 50 years from now, we're going to look back and always remember the Joey Chestnut always. awkward moment. That will prob- every Fourth of July that comes by, yeah. and every time that Nathan's hot dog comes by, we're going to pinpoint that moment. We may play back that moment because it, it's such an epic, memorable moment. I think there are two things that happened this year that we'll never, ever, ever forget, no matter how long we're doing this: Joey Chestnut and Matt Stoney refusing to eat hot dogs, and then the geography bee. I think those two things will last in infamy. So you think the geography be lasts lasts forever? I we wouldn't have unless you had the if unless you guessed Egyptian for Brazil because that was so crazy and so ridiculous that that made it stand out. Like I don't remember any of your other answers really in that. Egyptian will always <laughs> always be like a punchline. And you know what? That was probably on a guy who's been very bitter and angry throughout the years. Berman's best moment of the DA show <laughs> yeah. is he really cracked there. Yeah. He really cracked. So that's going to be interesting to see where that falls, but that might be a little teased by you you saying that and me disagreeing with that. We'll see where that falls on the uh, <laughs> as we enter the top five 12 DAs of Christmas. The PGP Side B with James Ward and Mraz right now. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. All right, welcome into the PGP, the PG Pizzle. This is Mraz, the host of Side B of the Permission Granted Podcast. I guess I should be welcoming you into Side B. And uh, the executive producer of the DA Show. And joined by the producer of Sunday Morning Football and the associate producer of the DA Show via phone, because he's big-timing us here on taping day, James Jimmy Ward. James, what's cooking? What is going on, Mr. Mraz? i I got to get something out of the way before we get going. I noticed you did not one... But two podcast radio hits today, so you're becoming a big celebrity here in these media, this media world. Yeah, I, I wasn't necessarily going to get to this, but I guess we will as we take you behind the scenes at the DA show here uh, today. We are taping this on Tuesday, uh, December the thirteenth, and this morning. Miraz was a, a hot commodity. I, I did a, a local, not a podcast, a local radio hit down in Louisiana with a former CBS Sports Radio employee, Alan Tazinski, who works at a station in Louisiana, had me on uh, to talk some NFL, which was some fun. And then I did a podcast hit that I'm going to tweet out later with none other than the DA show caller, The Bayou Bear. <laughs> The Bayou Bear is putting out a podcast and had me on as a guest. Um, well, I love the Bear. The Bear's trying to um, really pump out some podcasts and get it to the sports media stuff. So I'll, I'll tweet that out for you guys to to listen. It was kind of a little a little edgy. We kind of had some fun. It kind of just felt like I was having a phone conversation and not an interview. But you know what? I could be. It's a little different. I could be fun. So I'll make sure I check that link out you later. But good for you, James, for following my career path today. Yeah, like a like a tapped phone conversation. That could either be amazing or awful. If 
If both parties don't know you guys are being recorded, that could be a little interesting. Yeah, it could be. Uh, and now that I'm thinking about it, I might have cursed on it, so I'm hoping he had the Uh-oh. wherewithal to edit it. Um, <laughs> so that, that could be interesting. Now, CBS Sports Radio employee Sean Marash curses on podcast. Right. News. So now today you must have been following my social media. That's how you uh, you were all over this. Were you, uh, were you pumped up that I was all over the airwaves all, over, all throughout the country today? Yeah, I thought I thought the first thing I thought of was wow, good for Shawnee Boy, and then the second thing I thought of was why isn't anyone asking me to do any podcast? <laughs> we need to <laughs> I get we, be completely truthful. We need your bowl hits. Well, I'll pass along your number to the Bayou Bear and let him know that James Ward is is waiting by bated breath. I, and believe me, something tells me the Bayou Bear is going to need you because he doesn't have a big Rolodex. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> you know, um, okay, well, last week, big week on the DA show, we had not one, but two in-studio guests. So for those of you, actually three if you count Bart Scott, I, I, I don't count him because he's in every week, but I guess I should count him. For those of you who don't know, if you listen to the show, at least during the summer before football hits, we try to get one in-studio guest a week. We think those are fun. We love playing 10 questions. Uh, DA is very big on the in-studio guests. Uh, they're a little usually scarce during football season, but we've had them throughout the season. I mean, we had Bill Ryder. We've had Tiffany, Tiffany Oshinsky. Last week, we had Jerry Barca on the Catholics versus Convicts, which was an excellent 30 for 30 that debuted Saturday. He was a producer on that. And we had Maggie Gray, CBS Sports Radio's own. James, first, before I get into what happened with Maggie Gray, are you a fan of the in-studio guests? And I'm not talking about how they sound on the air as far as the extra legwork that goes into playing 10 questions. Yeah, I really like the in-studio guests because I think the first segment, um, we usually do two, two segments with these in-studio guests. Right. I think the first seg- segment is usually a lot of fun, um, kind of different type of uh, interview, you know, more personal to the in-studio guests with a lot going on. I think it's more of a fun segment. And the, the 10 questions, I love it. I think it's, it's great. And another behind-the-curtains thing when DA became responsible for playing the ding ding or the wrong answer buzzer, the, uh, it made it a lot easier for uh, Joe D and myself because now it's it's all on DA as to whether or not he that at the beginning of the show there was some confusion as to which is a right answer and which is a wrong answer because it's not actually what the the guest says but what's written on the sheet of paper so. I know Joe D has a huge problem with this. It's just it's a little bit too much for his small, feeble mind. So wow. I think the the addition of DA playing the 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 two noises has made it a lot easier for <laughs> myself and Joe D on the wheels of steel. Okay, so that now to to delve further into this, and we're we're really getting off the beaten track of where I was going with this, but I'm glad you brought it up because a lot of our listeners probably don't know the legwork that goes into the the ten questions. The ten questions is a very fun game we play. I think you get a lot. You get to really know. Uh, the person who's in studio, and we have fun with it. But what goes along with it is you hear that sound bed that's being played. That's a production element that uh, you or Joe D will play on any given night, depending who's in. And then you hear the right or wrong answer buzzers, which also used to be responsible for you and Joe D. But if you remember when our podcasting system changed, and for those of you listening, we'll probably be very well aware of this. We went through a couple-week drought where we basically had to take all our music out of our podcast, and they sounded dry, and since then we fixed the problem. But when that happened, we added more sounds to DA's sound effect machine, including those answers, the right or wrong buzzer, so that's lighting the load. But aside from that, Joe D, anytime we have an in-studio guest, he gets like the hot sweats, he flips out, he gets angry with me that I have booked an in-studio guest because he th- it thinks it makes his life more difficult, God forbid, 
than it already is. And, you know, I just, I got to wonder where Joe D's mindset is. I'm glad to hear that you don't mind it. Yeah, and didn't you guys have, like, some kind of bet? Like, if, if you win, or if Joe D wins, then you have to play the sound effects for 10 questions? Because he just, it, it's like, he turns from being a competent board op into being, like, first time ever being in studio when you do 10 questions. And he just gets so overwhelmed by it that I, I don't understand it because to me it was never a big deal. So I, 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 I'm never in there when he's in there. So why do you think that happens? I don't know, but I'll tell you, speaking of being a competent board op, he had gone to SantaCon, something we had talked about on the show last week. His first show back with us was Monday of this week. And he was doing okay, but you could tell he was kind of tired and out of it. At Towards the end of the show, we played a, a call of a women's college hockey game where I guess it was an overtime goal from BU, and the announcer went crazy. He was everywhere on the internet, and for those of you who listen to the show, you know what we're talking about. That was an extra wrinkle DA had thrown into the last segment of the show on Monday. Hey, I want, I want to play this. So because Joe D ran out of like sound pots uh, on the board to play it, I had to play it off my computer. Instead of pulling where, where the audio from my computer would come down, afterwards he kept it up. And at the end of the show, as DA's trying to sign off and do the whole Mothership Disconnects thing, I get not one but two emails and the whole email sound that goes off. And you might have heard a little, if you listen to the show, like a couple dings towards the end. And DA kind of stops. He's going over and through DA's whole end off. And basically, Joe D couldn't even apologize for it. He basically said, ah, we're still going to the playoffs. Big deal. We give up a home run at the end. I mean, so Joe D really not taking any accountability on the board lately. Yeah, so he blew the save but still got the win. I don't know if I like that analogy. It's it's not like a baseball player. When you're a board up, you have to bat a thousand, otherwise your day is ruined. It's not like a baseball player where you can hit three hundred and still make the Hall of Fame. As a board up, every single mistake that you make is heard by everyone. And as I said, when I, tra- when I wow. train new board ops, if you make a mistake, everyone notices. The best board op is someone that's listening to the show and you don't even know that there's someone running it because you don't hear any mistakes. So I think that's a bad analogy by Joe D. If you make a mistake and everyone notices, that's a bad job by you. James wore the Don of board hopping. Well, Coming let me, in hot. Let me get back to the original point about, as we've done this whole run around with in-studio guests and everything. Last Thursday when Maggie Gray was in, what happened behind the scenes was nothing short of chaotic and, and insane. Essentially, DA was having a great conversation with Maggie and basically took the first segment a little long and then took the second segment a little long. And on this particular night, we had the big Thursday night game with the Chiefs and Broncos. And if you listen to the sports casts every night, whether done by Max Herman, Jay Berman, insert, insert uh, update anchor here, we have a stringer that you book live from the stadium to give us reports and the whole deal. The problem is when these stringers are on the, you know, to, towards the bottom of the hour, sometimes they have extra hits to do and the whole deal. And you had, you had basically said, okay, you know, the stringer's here. We got to make sure he holds on. And I'm forgetting the stringer's name now from, from the Oakland, Kansas City game. Very nice guy. But I got in DA's ear trying to do my, the right thing and produce and told him flat out, like, it was in the middle of 10 questions. Like, DA, we're going to have to cut this short. You know, we're getting to the point where it's 35, 36. You know, if DA, here's the problem with DA. He will go on forever. You guys probably don't even realize the break times because he'll break all over the place. And sometimes you got to get in his ear. I think DA was throwing a little off. He brought in the Facebook Live cameras into the control room to ask me what was going on. And all I was trying to do there was like, hey, man, we got to. And he told me, well, why didn't you know, tell me? Because DA won't start just with the 10 questions. He'll start with something else. And then basically, I was made to be look like a fool, like I wasn't doing my job. When in fact, I was the only one doing my job at that time. 
Two things to add. So number one, as you said, I book all these stringers for all these primetime NFL games, just right. kind of a, a continuation of our eye on football coverage on Sunday afternoons. And a lot of these guys have a ton of different hits, whether they're doing stuff for Sirius or, you know, Yahoo or Fox. They, they go to the stadium and they're basically on the phone the entire time doing hits throughout the country on different national and local outlets. So that being said, when we tell them that we have hits at top of the hour and the bottom of the hour, if we get to kind of 35, 36, 37, it starts to encroach on some of their other responsibilities. So sometimes I get a little blowback from these stringers when we hit these breaks late. So that being said, you were kind of looking out for me there. Number two, do you think it's any coincidence that on Monday morning we get an email from our (laughs) boss saying that the bottom of the hour sports update is supposed to be hit at the bottom of the hour and not at 35 or 36? I, I thought of that as soon as we got it. Now, I don't know the deal with the other shows, whether it be Pharrell on the Bench, Jim Rome, Gottlieb, how late they generally break at the top at the bottom of the hour. But the the funny thing with DA, and we've gone over this, and DA has laughed at himself about it, DA blows through stop signs, man. He's like a baseball player running running through third base when, when everybody's telling him to hold up. He'll blow through the stop signs. Doesn't even signs. pick up the third base coach. Just keeps running. Right. And and that was the case. So I had to step in and actually produce. And even when – and here's my problem. As a producer, I often fall into the trap of being lackluster and just kind of, ah, DA, whatever you want to do, what you want to do. And I guess I, I don't put my foot down enough. Because, I don't know, I feel like that makes for a better show. But when I do put my foot down, like I was trying to do in that situation with Maggie Gray, I get the blowback, and I get the Facebook Live video. So for those of you who saw the Facebook Live video and saw me basically sweating and panicking, I was just in a situation where I was like, come on, man, I'm trying to do my job here. But on top of that with the Maggie Gray, also that night, that was a rough night for me. James, an hour earlier, something that the listeners, I don't believe, know, and I hope they don't know, at least that night, because DA did not mention it, I had to run out of the studio with like five minutes left and might have been the last segment of the first hour with what only could be described as extreme stomach cramps and what later became a stink up in the bathroom at work where I basically had to run for the hills. And I guess you told D.A. what exactly had happened and safe to say you had told him that I treat my body, I believe it was like a dumpster and sometimes the dumpster fights back. Was that the exact quote? That was the exact quote. Now, did DA... And I was still laughing about it three hours later, and so was DA. So I don't understand. Like, you has this happened before? I know this has happened every once in a while. Where all of a sudden I get a stomach pain, I got to bolt for the hills, and I got to leave mid segment. And DA will look up and be like, well, "Where's he going?" First of all, when you have to ask that question, you should assume you know where I'm going at that point. Did you? Did he ask, or did you tell him I had to basically make number two? I think he asked, and he asked just basically saying, you know, what was the deal with Moraz there? What happened? Because he looks up, and you're doing, like, your fastest 40-yard dash out of the out of the door. I'm like, I mean, no one has more stomach issues than you. Like, I can count those moments um, maybe in my entire life on one hand, and I think you've had at least five of them in the last six months. So that was what I meant with the, with the dumpster line. It's, it's, you treat your body like it's, it's, Oh, it, it's like you, you're constantly having like spicy Indian food stomach every day. And I, I don't, don't even like spicy happens. Indian food. Right. You eat your plain chicken and, and rice and vegetables. And then all of a sudden it's, I mean, you must be sneaking hot wings when I'm not looking or something. I'm not sneaking hot wings when you're not looking. You would know if I'm sneaking hot wings when I'm not looking. Because you, I mean, you, your look of panic at probably 753 Eastern. On on Wednesday night was 
you looked like there was a chance that you weren't going to make it to the bathroom in time after literally sitting down with not a care in the world. So between with a 10 second window, it was you were a completely different facial expression. Oh, jeez, I don't know, man. I it just I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't I honestly I don't know what's wrong with me. Now, real Again, quick, when you t- when you tweet your when you treat your stomach like a dumpster, eventually the dumpster is going to fight back. Jeez. Now, a couple <laughs> you're disgusting. A couple <laughs> caller hits before I let you go. I want to I want to uh, hammer out for those listening to the show. Number 1, Jonathan in Georgia. If you listen to the show long enough, you know who Jonathan in Georgia is. He's a guy who comes on, hello, DA, you know, and he uh very friendly guy. Permission to bow with the mothership. Right, he's very friendly. We have very funny drops of him that we like to put in some epic fails. The problem with Jonathan and Georgia recently is Jonathan and Georgia calls very early in the show. And here's a little tidbit for those who call into the show. If you call the moment DA is signing on, and I'm talking signing on, I'm talking the music is playing and the phone starts ringing. Happy before we even get to the beginning of the show, right. phone's ringing. Jonathan and Georgia will call then. And here's a little tidbit of advice. We love all callers, and we generally will talk about anything. However, at the beginning of the show, I would recommend not doing what Jonathan does as far as call every single day. Because if you call every single day, here's the other problem. Your call gets a little watered down. Your call is not nearly as important as maybe you think it is as far as... Like, we don't need to hear, or not we, because we love we love all our calls of families. I'm trying to word this the right way. You're, if we hear Jonathan and Georgia call with a point five days a week, it's going to get watered down, and eventually you're going to be like, oh, this guy again. You know, you have to sporadically do it. Jonathan will call generally five days a week. But because he calls so much, or every day, and because he calls at the very beginning when that music's playing, he doesn't even wait to hear what our lead story is, what the cold open's going to be. Generally, he ha- he ends up waiting because what inevitably happens is we'll get a couple calls reacting to what DA's talking about on the top, and that's how the show gets really going. So by the time DA gets to Jonathan, we're kind of, we go open phone lines talking about whatever you want. Jonathan is usually phased out, listening to Family Feud, and, and basically not paying attention. This happened several times. So again, if you're going to call... And, and you're going to put in the, the effort to hold? Guys, you got to be... We can't be hearing Steve Harvey on the other line. <laughs> the Jonathan and Georgia family feud stuff is just... It's priceless because inevitably we'll get to him after the first hour of the show and we'll put him up and you'll, you'll always hear either Steve Harvey or family feud commercial in the background. And it's like, come on, you're calling in. Just pay attention. I know we're not getting to you right out the bat, but just listen to the show and just keep your phone on, and and hope, then we'll get to you. But I, I almost think it's better when we go to Jonathan and you hear Steve Harvey in the background because it just <laughs> keeps keeps the myth going. For sure. For sure. Now, here's another caller pet peeve, that, and as we're getting into caller pet peeves, because uh, for the most part, I handle, I would say, 90% of the callers that call in. The other 10% are handled by either you or Joe, depending on the night, depending on how many phones are ringing, the whole deal. Guys. I've had this happen a couple times. And you know what? The people I'm about to address probably aren't even listening to this Permission Granted podcast because of the reason I'm going to explain. I get a call a week now from somebody out there who calls, go, and I go, hey, you want to speak to DA? Uh, yeah. All right, what do you want to, and I'll ask them, you know, what do you want to talk about? And they'll go, well, whatever you guys are talking about. That right away is grounds for me to hang up on you. If you are calling up with nothing to talk about, but you want to just talk, you want me to tell you what we're talking about so that you can make a point and talk about that to get on. That's not how it works. What that tells me is, A, you're not listening to the show. 
And B, you literally just want to hear your voice on the radio and give your opinion. You, If you're calling into a show, have a take, man. Have something that you're passionate about because that's going to make for the better radio. I don't understand. What are you doing calling on, wanting to find out what we're talking Turn on the radio, number one, and what we're talking about, and then you'll just have an opinion on what we're talking about. Like, that's not how it works. Do you experience this at all on the weekends, James? We get that on the weekends a lot, and it's usually from the same three or four callers that just call in and they say, hey, this is whatever. What are you guys talking about? I want to weigh in. Or how about this? Hey, this is whoever. Uh, I want to talk sports with, with Jody Mack. Well, what about sports? <laughs> uh, I don't know. What sports is he talking about? Well, you're calling in. I'm wasting my time talking to you. What do you, what do you want to add to this conversation? Oh, the worst. It, it, and it, the other thing that I hate, and I know you're in the same camp, people that call but don't want to go on the air. Oh, exactly. If someone, if someone calls in and says, hey, this is such and such, I don't want to go on the air, but that immediately makes me want to tune out because I have no interest in what you're – right now – all you're doing is taking time away from me listening to the show, contributing on the show, or t- talking to some another caller that actually wants to go on. So those are my two pet peeves. But, yeah, the guys that call in aren't listening that just want to talk sports with DA. That is, that's grounds for impeachment. Grounds for impeachment. I love it. And I'm glad we got this off our chest. Well, James, it looks like our time has come and gone here. We ripped Joe here. We discussed Maggie Gray, we discussed my stomach problems, and we discussed our pet peeves with callers. I think this was a pretty successful side B, the Permission Granted Podcast. Yeah, I think I think it went well. I think it went well, too. All right, well, James, you could follow James uh, for all his bowl game antics and his, his nuggets that he gives you on the NFL and undrafted rookies, apparently. This is a new thing that he tweets about. You can follow <laughs> him at James Ward CBS. Do I have that correct, James? Yes, at James Ward CBS. Should have a Ward's winners up by the end of the week on some of the early uh, bowl matchups. Beautiful, beautiful. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mraz CBS. I really don't bring anything to the table, but anything to get my follower count up, I really appreciate it. How about that? <laughs> All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, have a great freaking weekend, and uh, we're closing in on Christmas, Hanukkah. Enjoy the holidays. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.